that you hear us when we call for what a friend we have in Jesus all our griefs he bears them on the cross for us we give you praise Lord we bless you somebody just worship the Lord all because we do not care a defender, someone that is a covering, someone that protects us, someone that gives us, someone, oh God, that we can run, a shelter we can run to in the times of trouble. We give you glory, we bless your holy name. We thank you for your favor, your grace. Holy Spirit will welcome you into this atmosphere. Come and be the Lord and the master of this assembly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. Amen. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Give me a little bit of volume in this. Amen. I want to, on the theme of Father's Day, I want to look at the focus or focus on fathers of excellence. Fathers of excellence. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 78 from verse 1 through to 8. And I'm going to read also Deuteronomy chapter 6 from verse 6 to 9. Psalm 78 says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling it, telling it to the generations to come the praise, the praises of the Lord, and the strength and his wonderful works and that he has done. 
For he has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that we should make them known to their children, that the generations to come might know them, and the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hopes in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandment and may and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9, he says that, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your houses and your gates. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Well, society has devalued masculinity. And like Gary was saying, the tables have been turned so that now society focuses more on sons or children. And the children are supported, enhanced, and cheered on by their mothers. And the uh, majority of the fathers are absent or their role devalued. Can I have less movement in the room, please? If, there's, if where you are going is not important, please do not get up. I'm going to be very quick, so please, okay, so that we can all focus. When you walk in and out, you, you disturb others. Amen. So, society has found a way of devaluing. Like when it's Mother's Day, the all the the, the the shops change to peach and red and whatever. And it's Mother's Day for for two weeks or three weeks before the time. As soon as uh, they finish, uh, what do you call it, Valentine, the next thing is Mother's Day, and it's all over the place. Cards, different things happening, and, and it's so beautiful. But if you blink, you miss Father's Day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And you see, it is not an accident. I want to take my time to, to explain to us what is going on. Hallelujah. And in case you haven't realized, it is a spiritual attack. Amen. It's a spiritual attack. The curse that God placed on the serpent, on Satan, in, the, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 18. Let's read it. Genesis chapter 3, verse 18. The curse that God, let's start from 13. The curse that God placed on the serpent, and the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the, serp the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than all every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust 
all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. In, in, in the original King James uh, uh, Bible, it doesn't say her seed. It says his seed. The original text doesn't say her seed. He says that I'll put enmity between you and his seed. Are you with me? I'm coming. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So there's no head there. Are you you seeing what I'm saying? And we all know that the seed is given by the man. So when the scripture is talking about the seed, it's not talking about the woman's egg. It's talking about the man's seed. So the enmity between Satan and the seed is between Satan and man. Hallelujah. Are you understanding it? And so you will see that from time immemorial, we have had fathers who have not been responsible Fathers who have been absent. Fathers who have not been diligent in the, in the state of looking after their children. And you see, when we talk about culture, there are some cultures that, unfortunately, with slave trade and things like that, the men were used as stallions to cross. St- like strong men were, were, were taken and used to fertilize as many women as possible. And so, with all those things, that uh, biological love and attachment that fathers are naturally supposed to have with their sons has gradually been taken away. I'm going to read some statistics to you. And these statistics I want you to pay attention to. 63% of the youth suicide rates are from fatherless homes. 63% of young people that take their lives are from homes that fathers are absent. 90% of all runaway children are from fatherless homes. These are verified statistics. 90% of all runaway children, children who run away from home in their infant childhood years up to 12, 13, 14, 15 are from fatherless homes. 85% of children with behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. 85% of children, when you go to any any high school and you see children who are always on detention, children who are always in trouble, 85%, the children who are truant and everything, 85% are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescents who abuse chemicals uh, 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 as patients are from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescent chemical abuse patients are from fatherless homes. That children who take drugs, uh, 75% are from fatherless homes. 85% of all youths in prison are from fatherless homes. Hallelujah. 
And with the emancipation of women's rights and women's liberation and women's empowerment, a lot of us, society has managed to put that thing in us that we should drive the men away. Without realizing the implications to the children when the fathers are absent from the home. Are you with me? I'm happy you are quiet. It's hitting you right. Yes, that was the whole idea. And these are verified facts that homes that fathers are absent or in, uh, they are there, but they are virtually not there. All these things apply. Hallelujah. A father's role is out of proportion in comparison and often mocked and diminished in Western society. That is how come, if you look at any sitcoms that come, you see that the fathers are made into beer drinking, women chasing, you know, lying, two-timing types of people. Those are the examples that if you look at any uh, sitcom, any type of TV, that is how fathers are portrayed. So a society accepts men that cheat. Society accepts men who are, who, who are unfaithful. Men who are not responsible. And that is what it's presented. And like I think uh, Eugene said, if what monkey see, monkey do. It is not what you say to the children that they, they do. It is what is modeled to them. Am I making sense? So you see, when a child grows up with, with an irresponsible father, what happens is that the child resents the father, criticizes the father, loathes the father, becomes very angry with the father. And be, guess what happens? He becomes the father. A father who is abusive in the house will have the children loathe him, hate him, criticize him, and before time, the children will become exactly like their fathers. Amen. Let me say this, that mother's role are very important. We are not discarding the mother's role in loving, nurturing, and uh, 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 bringing. We are not discarding that role. But you see, God has created it in such a way that a mother's role is separate from a father's role. And the two cannot be intermingled. It is not natural to have a man, a woman, be a man in the home. So, I am the father and the mother of my children. I don't need any man. It is not true. There's no way. Uh, uh, can I calm down? There is no way a father can mother their children. Do you understand what I'm saying? The love that the mother has for the child, the father can't have it. Preach, 
But the love that a father has, the mother can never have it. Hallelujah. Are you understand what I'm saying? A father's love can never be replicated by a mother. The problem we have is that most of us judge our fathers through the eyes of our mothers. Because men don't talk. Put some volume in this thing for me. That's what I was looking for. Men do not talk. A man can be married to a most cantankerous wife. There is a quarrelsome wife who makes his life so miserable and he will be in the house and be quiet and the children will think that their father is the worst person on earth. And the father will never say anything. Because that is how fathers are wired. They say men don't cry. Men don't whine. Men don't complain. Men don't moan. They, they internalize everything. And when the heat is too much for them, they leave. And because they don't complain, because they don't whine, because they don't speak, because they don't do all those things, when they leave, they, it justifies every bad thing the mother has said about them. Hallelujah. And sometimes, you will never know the actual heart of a father till they are dead. You know, I, I, as, when it comes to fa Father's Day, I don't like preaching messages on fatherhood because I know it brings out a lot of negative emotions. I've been a pastor for more than 25 years, I know. Anytime you preach on Father's Day, the emotions that come out, very negative. Because most people, majority of the people sitting in this room, our relationship with our fathers are not very good. And it's not, I, I have had different churches, and it's the same. Hallelujah. Because like I said, we are all raised by mothers, and we look through the eyes of our mothers. And we never ever know the, the bad side of our mothers, they never present it. No mother will say to a child, I'm very quarrelsome. I'm very insecure. I'm very troublesome. No mother says that. It is always the fault of your father. See, let me give you a disclaimer before I continue. As a young boy, I, my father left when I was in year seven, which was, I must have been 13 or 14. 12 or 13, my father left. Not that my father did not leave my, my mother, but my father had to go on exile, political exile. Okay? And I never, I never really, so my Real formative years, I had just my mother to raise us up, right? And, and so, my mother is all the type, anything you ask for, she'll give it. 
And as soon as she's provided, that's it. The rest is because there were eight to ten children she was looking after as a single mother, single woman. So she didn't have the time to impatience to raise everyone individually. So basically, everybody had to raise themselves up. All right. Yeah. And, and I see, I'm saying that because just before my father died, I had the privilege to sit with him and have. I never, my father, my relationship with my father was he asked a question, you answer. That's it. There's no conversation. There's no, yes, that, no, that, yes, sir, no, sir. That's it. Thank you when he gives you something. Hallelujah. So it was not until the last time I saw him before he passed away that I started asking some questions because by then I was also married. I also had the children. So when I sat with him, I asked some questions and he started talking. That was when I put my mother in the place that she is and I put my father in the place that she is because at the time I removed myself from my mother's eyes and I became very objective and I saw and I could understand why he behaved the way he behaved. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And I'm saying that because for most of us, the way we look at our parents is through the eyes of our mothers. And we will never admit to it. How many know what I'm talking about? Only two, two three people. Because fathers don't talk. Sometimes the father will make provision for the, for the mother to give to the children. And the mother will say that I gave it to you. Oh, you don't want me to preach. You don't want me to be honest. Because what I never realized that even though my father was gone all the years, everything my mother gave us was provided for by my father. But we never knew. We thought our father abandoned us. So we hated him. Because my father was only called when it's disciplining time. And my mother knew how to smother us. Love us. Even when you have done something bad, she'll cover you. Cover for you. To the point that even at a certain old age, some of my siblings are not responsible. Till today. I remember once my father decided that he wasn't going to pay any utility in the house. You know, the house I grew up in, there were two houses in one. One side is for the children, one side is for my father. So where my father was, there's light, there's water, there's everything. Where the children were, there's no light, there's no water, there's nothing. Because when the time came for my siblings, my older siblings to leave and go and fend for themselves, my mother said, no, they won't go anywhere. And fought my father. So my father said, okay, if you don't want them to go anywhere, let them stay in the house. I'm not paying any bills. They are too old for me to be paying bills for. I have siblings who are over 60 and they are still being paid. Bills are being paid for, for them. I think I needed to put the disclaimer there. Yeah, so I'm coming from a place where I have, I know where some of us are. 
and I've come to the other side, and I'm telling you what I'm telling you. That fathers don't talk. Mothers talk too much. And see, society has created it that way. So that every mother's pain is shared. Every mother's tear is shared. Why do you share your pain? I haven't shared my pain. Is is it fair? You have caused me pain. I have also caused you pain. But you are going to share your pain with the children. And I can't share my pain with anyone. I like it that the place has gone quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, when fathers stay and they provide and they love and they nurture and they comfort, it is discarded. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to do. The ones who are stayed are not clapped for. They are not revered. They are not encouraged. But this house will do it differently. I said we will do it differently. We will clap for the fathers that stay. We will cheer the fathers that stay. We will revere them. Because they are under attack. Hallelujah. They are an endangered species. They are endangered. When you go to America, the majority of the black folks in America are raised by single mothers. Majority. About 70-80% are raised by single mothers. And no wonder the high population in the prisons You know, one thing that mothers in this house must never do, do not stand between your, your husband and his correction to his children. Never do that. Allow the fathers to father the way they know how. Just as they never come between you and your smothering or your, your loving that you show. A father, a father shows his love differently. I remember my father was saying to me, I smacked you because I knew you had the potential. Because I, I, I remember once, I don't think I should be telling all my business. I remember once, he gave me, he gave myself and my brother sandals, nice sandals. And you see, I knew how to look after my things a little bit better than my older brother. So my older, we'll have the same things like the same time. Within six months, my older brother's things are gone, are spoiled. Because I remember the first day we got the sandals brand new, he went to play football in them. You know, sandals. And then later on, it got on. Then he took it and showed my father that, look, the sandals is not good, it's gone. So I need another one. So my father went and bought a new pair for him. When I saw that, I thought that was not fair. So I also took a blade and I cut my 
so that I can also get a new one. Because it's like, he will get a new one. He is being irresponsible. He has a new one. And this was like years ago. And I remember asking my father, why did you beat me like that that day? So I remember that beating so well. This was, he was 82 years old when I was having this conversation with him. Years later, I'm a married man with two children. And I was, why did you beat me like that that day? So he said, I knew you were responsible. And I knew that you went to cut it with the blade. Because the way it was done was very fine and neat. And it's only blade that can do that. See, a childish mind, I thought that. I have always known your brother is not as responsible as you. So I expected better from you. I said, oh. I said, if I were you, I would have beaten me more than you did. <laughs> That's what I said to him. Hallelujah. A study has been done in Switzerland with the corroboration of the Baptist press in America. I'm giving you statistics. I haven't started preaching. That if a father does not go to church, even if the wife goes to church, only one in 50 children will remain churchgoers. When the father doesn't go to church. Do, do you understand what I said? This is a statistic that was done by the uh, European uh, Switzerland, but uh, the Baptist Church in America were the ones who sponsored it. See, if a father does not go to church, even if the wife goes to church, only one in 50 children will become regular worshippers. The best statistic says that only 18% will remain in the church if the father never went to church. Hallelujah. Statistics also say that where the father attends church regularly, even if the mother does not go to church, 66% of the children will remain churchgoers. You didn't hear that. If the father goes to church, even if the mother doesn't go to church, 66% will remain churchgoers. If the father doesn't go to church and the mother goes to church, 18% best. Or one in 50. It's showing you the power of a father. When both parents attend church regularly, 75% of their children will be regular church members or church attenders when they grow. But I want to say something to you that believe that yours will be different. Even if your husband is not in church, believe that your children will remain, they will be the exception and not the rule. Hallelujah. I want to give us a few uh, things that will help us as fathers. And I'm happy that the, the young children are here. As young people, I want you also to understand that all these things we are talking about applies. As mothers, even though this is a Father's Day message and I'm talking to men, it's also good for you to be here to hear some of these things so that you allow the fathers to be fathers. Am I making sense? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. The first thing that I want to talk about is that fathers, excellent fathers, leave legacies for their children. Excellent fathers leave legacies. 
What do I mean by a legacy? A legacy is something that outgrow, outlives you. For instance, even though I never saw my father go to church, ever, nor my life, never ever saw my father attend church one day. The only time I saw my father in church was when he was in a casket and was taken to church. He was in a coffin when they, 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 they wheeled him into the church. That was the only time I saw my father in a church building. Do you know the funny thing? As they were giving the speeches and all those type of things and all that, it transpired that my father was a chorister. Once upon a time, in that church. I said, it transpired because I never saw him ever go to a church. And he went and promised the, the priest that he would buy an organ. And never bought the organ. So in this burial, the, the, the priest brought it up. That they are still waiting for the organ. <laughs> up to now, I haven't bought the organ yet. <laughs> Somebody remind me to. <laughs> Hallelujah. But because by the grace of God, I found a spiritual father. A father who was not biologically uh, connected to me, but raised me up spiritually, it has changed my legacy. Today I am in church, and not only am I in church, my children are in church. My son is a pastor, because the legacy has been changed. Are you understand what I'm saying? So fathers, a good father, an excellent father is supposed to leave a legacy. If you met your father not going to church, you must go to church to leave a legacy for your children's children. You didn't, you missed a good place to put your hands together. If you met your child, your father, you met this world as a poor person. You have to leave a legacy of wealth for your children. Hallelujah. If your father you came to meet a homeless state, make sure that by the time you are checking out, you leave a legacy. Because excellent fathers leave legacies. Hallelujah. We are told Abraham. Abraham was a hidden man. His father was a hidden man. Isn't it? But he came to have a covenant with God. And he left a legacy. So that when you go to Galatians, it talks about we are the seed of Abraham. We are descendants of Abraham. The descendants of righteous people are, are descendants of Abraham. Why? Because in, in Genesis chapter 18, verse, verse 18, uh, 13, I think verse uh, 13, 14, 15. He, when he wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said that, verse 15, he said, shall I hide what I want to do to this city knowing that Abraham will command his household after him? Shall I hide this? This is what God, put that scripture down, Genesis 18, 15. Shall I hide what I'm going to do? 
Shall I hide it from my servant Abraham? Seeing that he will command his household after me. Shall, shall I hide what I'm going to do? What I'm doing? Go on. Since Abraham shall surely become great and mighty. And they go on. Next verse. For I know in him he will command his children after and his household after me. Hallelujah. They will keep the law, well, the, the law of the Lord. They will keep the, the, the Lord's commandment. He knows that this is a man who has left a legacy. I pray that all the men in this house, you will not die before you leave a legacy. If the legacy you met was not good, don't repeat it. In the scripture we read, it says that instruct the fathers to teach their children so that they don't repeat the mistakes of their fathers. But they do better than their fathers did. Amen. If your father didn't look after you, please leave a better legacy. Look after your children. Even those who are not you are not married to their mothers. Look after them well. Leave a legacy that is better than what you met. Hallelujah. See, one other statistic, I didn't want to go into that, is that when a father doesn't go to school, the children will also not go to school. When the father goes to university and all that, the probability of the children dropping out is reduced. But maybe you met the case where your father didn't go, so you didn't go. But change that legacy. I say change that legacy. Make sure that you, the, the, what you are leaving for your children's children is different than what you met. Father, my father didn't go to church doesn't mean that I shouldn't go to church. And that my children shouldn't go to church. You have to break that cycle. You met your mother, your father having many women all over the place. Many women, irresponsible, have given birth here, left, right, center, everywhere. You two, you have come. You know the truth. But you two, you have come. You two, you have, you have started spreading your wings everywhere. Are you, are you serious? Your legacy must be different because you know better. Or I say you know better. So you have to do better. Hallelujah. Number two. She's trying to spoil my message, but I don't mind it. <laughs> quick, guys, quick. Fathers encourage, excellent fathers encourage and comfort their children. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12. As you know how we exalted and comforted and charged every one of you, as the father does to his own children, that you should walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom. Amen. And glory. Paul highlighted that, that fathers, 
Father's love lead them through the times of discouragement. When the time children are discouraged, you need to comfort them. See, sometimes because fathers are not vocal, the way they comfort is not the same way mothers comfort. You understand? My father's comfort is different. But it's comfort nevertheless. Hallelujah. His encouragement is different. Learn to encourage your children. My father will never, never, ever say, oh, as for my son, he does well. My father never said it. But do you know how I knew when my father likes what I'm doing? When he's like, That's it. I remember he came to London sometime. I was then a cab driver in London many years ago. Pastor, how long ago was that? <laughs> You are shocked that I used to be a cab driver. Uh, I've done things. There was no corner in London that I won't drive my father past me. Past me. Say, want to go to this place? I need to go to this place at this time. I need, I'm having a meeting with somebody at this time. From North London to South London. Within 15 minutes, we are in South London. Sit in the car. Never say anything. But when he gets down and he's talking to some people and you are not there. As for Christo, my son, he knows everywhere in London. Pass the water under, the water over, here, there, everywhere. But I'll never say it in front of you. So, you see, learn how to understand the language your father speaks. Young people, are you listening to me? The, the language your father speaks is different from what your mother says. Because if you learn his language, he's also encouraging. I remember once he came to my house. I then, you know, as a young man, I had my two-bed flat. My, you know, I finished university, bought my equipment, you know, had my sound system, everything. Like, I was a man about town. He came to my house. That was when uh, cordless phones had come first. Not mobile phones, cordless phones. You know, with a long antenna. <laughs> That's many years ago. <laughs> Put it this way. I was here when Des Desmond was being aired. Do you know minor language? Did you meet minor language? BBC. You are not here. Okay, I was here. We only had four channels. BBC One, Channel Two, ITV, and Thames. Yeah. He, he came, I just bought one, fresh. He said, Who, whose is this? 
I said, it's mine. He said, put it in the bag. <laughs> I had bought a, a new phone, a new uh, camera, Nikon, long uh, lens camera, brand new. And whose is this? I said, it's mine. He said, put it in the bag. I mean, I had just, my, my kettle, everything was, um, the, I had just moved into the flat. Kettle, nice, everything. Who says this? I says, man, put it in the bag. The man raided me, I tell you. <laughs> he took all those things, and he took it with him to Africa. Put it in the bag, put it in the bag, put it in the bag. He took everything to Africa. When he died, and I went into his room. They, you know, the culture in the place, when the man dies, they lock his room. So they lock the room. When I came, then they gave me the key that opened. Go and open the door. When I opened the door, that phone, this was about 20 years later, that phone was still in the rubber that it came with, not used. That camera was still in the box, not used. The kettle and all those things were never used. He had displayed them in his wardrobe. In, you know, the vanity, he had displayed all of them. 20 years on. That is how fathers encourage their children. Are you with me? They do it in their own way. It doesn't mean they don't do it. Mothers, please stop putting pressure on them to do it the way you do it. Hey, you don't talk to the children. You don't encourage them. You don't, no, I don't encourage them like you do. It doesn't mean that I don't encourage them. Stop making the children hate me. You didn't ring the bell because it affected you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Please, if you are here and you've hated your father because of what you have heard, don't do that. You haven't heard his version. You don't know his side of the story. Don't make a judgment based on one person's side. That is wrong. Because I also made that judgment. I hated the man. All my brothers cursed my father. One day, or they fought with my father, and my father cursed them. All my brothers. And when my father curses you, that's it. Your life is finished. The only person my father never cursed was me, because I never opened my mouth. Even though everything everybody suffered, I suffered the same thing. The only reason I had a spiritual father who taught me better. That honor your father and mother. And never said that the honor should you should honor your father when they have been good. Yeah. Hallelujah. He says, honor them. You see, there is no manual that uh, children come with. As soon as you have a child, then they give you the manual. This is a manual for, for fathers. From where they were coming from. from, they coming from. Are, are you with me? So fathers are also little boys who have grown up from what they saw, they are trying to do their best with it. 
It may not be to the standard that you expected, but at least they are trying to do their best. So leave them alone. Hallelujah. I'm not saying all fathers are good. But all fathers cannot be bad. Hallelujah. The average person loves their mother more than their father. And that is wrong. Because the case was that you bruise his head and he will also go after the seed of the woman. Hallelujah. Let's go on quickly, number three. Quick, quick, work with me. He accepts that his kids aren't exactly like him. An excellent father will push you, but he knows that he knows your limits and never pushes beyond. Fathers, let's learn to encourage our children, push them, but know their limits. Hallelujah. I was first when I was in school. When I was a, a young person, I was always first. How come you are always last? How can you no, 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 no. Don't talk like that. Because you know the truth is not. You are not first. How many of the old fathers were first when they were in school? They were always... They were always strong, they were always pest, they were always very, very responsible. They were cleaning everywhere, doing everything. They were very sporty, they were always good. A1, meanwhile, it's not true. I think I'm the only father who can't say that I was first in school all the time. Because that would be a bold faced lie. <laughs> I was not first. <laughs> I was between 25 and 30. <laughs> Yeah. I used to start looking at my results from the bottom up. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I did my best. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But I said that the children are different. You have the ch children, two, three, four, in the house. They don't have the same ability. If this one did well, you see, the reason why I didn't like to learn in school when I was young was because I had a brother who was 18 months older than me, and he was always first in class. And I was struggling 25 to 30. We were 30 in the class. I was always struggling. And I was discouraged because, I, oh, you are not like Frank, your brother. Your father is always clever. And you, you are so dumb. So they gave me names. So, because they gave me names, I didn't bother. So, I won't even look at the book. Because I know that even if I try, my best is 22nd. And I'm still below. When my brother is second in class, he'll cry the whole vacation. Me too, when I'm 22nd, party! <laughs> Until I met a man who said that you are not stupid. You are just too playful. He was a father figure. You know, the other day I gave you 
nine different types of fathers. I'm not going all the way there, but you don't have one father. The person who gave seed to you or who gave birth to you is not the only father you have. Sometimes in life, people, people come into your life to father you up to a certain point. Fathers are like, it's like really, you know, you do 100 meters, you do the first 100, somebody does the second 100, then the third 100, the fourth 100. Father raises, it's like a really. As I'm speaking to you, somebody's fathering me. And it's not the person who gave birth to me. So if you are here and you don't have a biological father, it doesn't mean you should dismiss yourself. There is a father. So make sure that you, come, you align yourself with that father who is in your life now. And allow him to father you. Some people have had this resentment for fathers because of their biological father. So they cannot accept any father who comes into their life. They fight with any authority figure in their lives. Never be one of those people. Because you are losing a great gift. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. If you are in this house and you don't have a father, I am your father. If only you allow me to father you, I'll father you. Amen. Which means that when you are naughty, allow me to knock your head. It says it says on YouTube, so I shouldn't say knock your head. Not not literally. Oh, but sometimes for me it's literally. <laughs> you see, my wife talks a lot. Me sometimes I just feel like kicking you. <laughs> Number four. Quickly, my time is up, isn't it? As father spends quality time. See, what makes you a father is the ability or the number of quality time you spend with the children. The ability to spend time with the children is what makes you a father. Be there. Present. Single mothers, bring your children. I'll put them in the car and we'll go on a drive. I mean, that's how I have my quality time with my children. We just go on a drive. And that is when we talk. But as we are driving, we are talking. We are talking. We are talking. We are talking. The father is not the one who just provides money. Pays, uh, what, what is it called? Uh, what, what do they call that thing? Child support. Child support is not father, fathering. I always fight. See, when my children were young, I was the one on the carpet doing horse. They would be climbing my back and would be doing horsing. Horsing. I'm trying to go fast. And then my wife was the one who come. Hey, stop it. <laughs> when we see her come, then we all sit up. As soon as she leaves, then we start doing the horsing. Because she's the strict one. And I'm the joking one. But when the thing goes beyond a certain limit of correction, then I'm the one who corrects. Are you with me? Because I realized my father never played horse with me. I mean. (laughs) 
no. You want to be alive. You are going to play horse. <laughs> All the children in the neighborhood knew my father. They knew the sound of his car. So when it comes at the junction, all the children disperse. They run. Even when you are not in the, in the, you are not in the house, you, are, you just run. We used to call him Bobert. When Bobert is coming, everybody runs away. So I determined never to be like that. So I'll play with the children, spend time with them. And you see, what you do with the children at the young age, even when they are grown, they still do it. As we speak now, my children are all over 20, but we still do horse riding. Oh, I shouldn't be saying that. Can I say, Phoebe, is it all right? I've already said it. I'll be in trouble. Okay. No, I'm behind the pulpit, so I claim pastoral immunity in the name of Jesus. You see, we have a law in my house. Anything that is said behind the pulpit, you have indemnity. If you are outside the pulpit, then you are in trouble. So I came here just on time. <laughs> Next one, the father leads by example. Fathers don't learn by what you say. They learn by what you do. Children don't learn by example. One thing that I saw my father do was to provide and to build. My father was a builder. He's always building. Always building. Always building. He's building a business. He's building a house. He's building this. He's building that. He's building that. So guess what? I'm also a builder. Because it's not what you say. It's what you do. If you are responsible, they will be responsible. If you are loving they'll be loving. If you are a provider, they'll provide. If you are disciplined, they'll be disciplined. Hallelujah. See, the reason why a lot of pastors' children become very bad when they grow is because what they hear their fathers or mothers say from the pulpit is not what they do at home. Are you with me? And so, they see the hypocrisy in the lives of their, their father and their mother. And guess what? When they could also become like that. When the lights are turned off, they are the worst. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? But make sure that what you say there is who you are. Be an example. Are, are you with me? As a father, be an example to your children. With all the, all the things that were said about my father, I saw him as a provider. I saw him as a builder. I saw him as a very disciplined person. I saw him as a, somebody who was self-sacrificial. He would sacrifice his last penny to make sure that his children go with something. But all those things I didn't see growing up. Because it was as if my father never did anything. He had forgotten about us, but that was not true. Number, five, number six. Father is a father. He's loyal to his children. An excellent father must be loyal. Be loyal to your children. Stand with your children. Stand by them. Even when they go wrong, stand by them. Discipline them at home, but stand by them in public. Are, are you with me? Yeah, yeah. 
when you are my son, even when you are wrong, you are right. I will stand by you. I will take all the bullets for you. But then when I take you home, you will see. I will remove all the bullets from my back and I will put them right inside of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number seven. Quickly, quickly. Let's finish. Uh, an excellent father challenges his children. Am I challenging you today? Am I challenging you to be an, a, a better person? And, and uh, ladies, sisters, these are the standards you must expect from any man who is coming to your life. Any man who says they love you, check these standards with them. See whether they meet these standards. If they don't meet them, they are not right. They may have a, a bass voice. They may look uh, uh, tall, dark, and handsome. Go, hello, baby. No, 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 no. That is not what you need to look at. Look at the signs. Look at the signs. Not the voice. I missed you so much last night that I kissed your picture. <laughs> Foolish girl. Look at how they treat those who they don't need. Look at how they treat their younger siblings. That would tell you who that person is. Young men, when you marry, when you have children, challenge them to do their best. Make them, challenge them. Say, so you can do better than this. Do your best. Don't be too busy in your own life to not to pay attention to the life of your, your children. No. You may be miles away from your children, but by be interested every day, call them, check whether they make their homework. Are you understanding? Check them. Check the children. Make sure they've done their homework. Make sure. You may not understand the homework. They bring integration. You haven't, you yourself, two plus two was difficult for you. It doesn't matter. Check whether they've done it. And ask the teachers what their children are doing. You see, when twin fathers go for parents days parent teacher days the teachers treat the children differently than when mothers go so I said to all the single mothers when you are doing parents teacher day and there's no man come for me I'll go and be your, your, your child's child father yes. so I'll go and stand there and ask questions because the system is designed in such a way that they know that the mothers are busy and they are not really interested. They've come because they have come back under duress to come and hear what the teacher is saying. But when a father comes, they know that this guy is serious. I remember when we came back from South Africa, they put our children in all the, the low steps. Those who can't read, who can't do anything because they had come from South Africa, they thought that they were dumb. But as soon as the teachers saw that no, these guys, their parents are very interested in their lives. Immediately from the bottom to the top, 
be too much in, interested in money that you forget to challenge your children to do well. Hallelujah. You're chasing money, you're chasing money, you're chasing money. Who are you going to leave the money to? When the children you are raising become idiots. I had a friend called Bulgaria. Bulgaria's father died and left him a big house. Air conditioner, everything. Nice chairs, nice cities, everything in the house. Bulgaria sold everything, including the, the, the glass, the louver blades, the doors. He sold everything. The only thing he left was the front door and the back door. The house was empty. Bulgaria. And then he ended up in prison. The house was so we had to contribute money to send to him. Solomon said that vanity, it's all vanity because I work hard, discipline myself, look after myself, do well for myself, and I will leave my legacy to an idiot who will come and squander everything that I've worked hard for. The best investment you can give to your children is when they are young to put in your heads. That's the best investment, not leaving them houses and things. Challenge the children to, to do well. One thing my father always said to me was, I started life in one room that we, they used a curtain to cover. So one side we, became the bedroom, the other side became the living room, but it was just one single room. That's where he started life. And by the time he was dying, he had many houses everywhere in the world. So he challenges me all the time. So I always say that if my father could do it, I also want to be able to do it. Anything, you know, I, I always used to say, when, when we got married, I told my wife, my father had 12 children, I want 24. I want to be double what my father, because I read somewhere in the Bible that you will do greater works. <laughs> so, but I, when I went to the labor world, first one, when the second that's okay, it's okay. <laughs> Alas, I'm not like my father. <laughs> Next one, number eight, quickly. He teaches his kids lessons. What you have experienced, teach it to the, 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 the children. They say that experience is the best teacher, but I beg to differ. Experience is not always the best teacher. There's Fees for, the, for that school is too expensive. So teach your children your mistakes. See, what your children want from you, especially when they grow up a little bit, is your vulnerability. Yeah. To be able to be honest, say that I made this mistake here. I made this mistake here. I made this mistake here. Don't be a superhero to your children. Because they can't, they can never uh, 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 aspire to be like that if you the bar is too high. But when they see that, oh, this is my father's lesson, I need to put it in my pocket. It becomes my experience. Even though I didn't go through it, my father has gone through it for me. 
the best pastor is the pastor who preaches with his experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he's giving you the benefit of his experience so that you don't have to go through. But when the pastor is talking, he's always a superman. Everything he did was right. <laughs> Next one. He protects his family. Like Gary was saying, a good father like Job protects his family no matter what. One thing I grew up knowing was that anytime my father traveled, that was when one of the kids or two or three of the kids became, became ill. I don't know whether it happened in your family. It was only me. Anytime my father is, is away, that's when people become sick. When my father is at home, nobody gets sick. And when anybody got sick and they put the, the person in my, on my father's bed, they, get, they got better. My, my home is also the same thing. When anybody is sick, they put them on my side of the bed, they, they get better. Pray for the children. Pray protection over your home. A father is an intercessor. A father is a high priest. A father is a spiritual leader. You are not just the one who produces sperms. Job was always making intercession for his children. Abraham was commanding his children. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So an excellent father protects his family. Next one, quickly. Let's finish. He shows unconditional love. Next one, quickly. An excellent father corrects his son or his children when they go wrong. Amen. Like I've said, mothers, please and please again, and please for the third time, never come between a father and his correction towards his children. Unless he's killing him or killing them. Anything short of it. You can deal with him after. But never come in between. Never do that. One of the things that my mother always did. Anytime my father disciplined us, we ran to her. We complained to her. You know your father, he's always like that. You don't mind. It's okay, it's okay. No, that's the wrong thing to do. Because that is teaching the children very, very bad. Teaching them how to rebel against authority. Teaching them how to disrespect authority. Because if your father doesn't discipline you, the court will discipline you. The prison will discipline you. That is the father's way of showing his love to his children when he can discipline them. When the father doesn't care. When the child does anything wrong and they walk around and see if the child hasn't done That's a dangerous father. But a father who is able to correct and discipline his children, that's a father with love. Listen, if you are in this church and you don't want to be corrected, then please leave. Please leave. Because this church, no matter who you are, will correct you. Because that is what a father does. If you are a spiritual father, you correct. No, we don't do that here. That's love. A place where everything goes is a place of anarchy. Am I making sense? No, everything doesn't go. 
see, every time you see me, I'm a very jokey person. But I have my very disciplined side. There's always a method to the madness. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will be corrected. As a member of the church, you are a child of the house and you will be corrected. Don't get angry and rebel because you are being corrected. I'm leaving the church. I'm leaving the church. I'm going. Hey, where are you going? Next one. Nera, are you with me? Your father gives good things to those who ask him. I'm talking about the heavenly father. The best, excellent father we have. is our heavenly father. See, some of us, because of our hatred or our natural father, sometimes we find it difficult to relate with our spiritual father, our heavenly father. But I pray for you that from today, you will have that loving relationship. My, my, my children know how to take things from me. Yesterday, my daughter siphoned money from me. And she did it in a very... It was after I'd given to her and I went downstairs that I remembered that she had taken something from me that I didn't want to give her. Do you get it? And it's all dependent on the relationship you have. When Beulah comes and wants something from me, the way she behaves, I know she wants something. Amen. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? She open the door very like this, and then she put her head. What do you want? a relationship. There are some people who would never ask anything. Because I don't want to. I don't want you to feel that I need you. Don't be a child that does that. Your father in heaven says that ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock. Evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much your heavenly father, more your heavenly father. 